and welcome back to Boss Damn Breakdown. I'm your host at Yes Men Outfitter, straight off the island at Emo, coming to you from Yes Men HQ. We got your boy live from the hive, Mikey CLT, Hawaiian Ryan. <laughs> How you doing, pal? Yeah, man, I, I stayed in my teacher garb for you so you could get a taste of the Hawaiian garb that I wear every day. Yeah, we don't have much time to uh, to change nowadays right now, man. We're in, the, we're in the midst of it. We got no shaving, no changing. We got to keep the luck moving. Uh, huge, huge day for uh, New York Islander fans. Uh, I mean, my God, Michael. What a way to kick open the postseason. Yeah, dude. Um, first of all, uh, I didn't get the memo about the socks. Oh, dude. How could you? I mean, if you're just going to jump on a fad like that, how are you just not going to bust them out? Well, I, 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 I know that you were very particular in the games that you wear them. So I, I wasn't sure if that was like reserved for a game clinching day. No, they're, they're big games socks. So what do I do at this point? Now, I can't, like, jump in no, on no, game no, two with them, no, right? You're out you're, no, you're out for this round now, pal. You, yeah. you dug grave there. All right. And, and for, for the listeners, because they have no idea what we're talking about, but uh, we're, we're like Eskimo sock brothers. I mean, that's an odd way of putting things, because that kind of sounds like we're sharing socks. <laughs> it's like, just nasty. Hey, for the playoffs, I'd, I'll do it. That's ridiculous. So, um, no, we're not doing that. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna leave that as an option because that would just be horrible and weird. But uh, yeah, so um, here we are, man. Up one nothing in the series. Um, I was in house. The tailgate was off the chain, dude. You you got lucky with nice weather too, right? Yeah, uh, it's good. I mean. It's a bit of a wind tunnel over there, always. Um, hey, I like wind. Yeah, wind I guess is when you worst. don't have a, uh, when you have a big orange tent, it's not that good for you. Yeah, well, you know what? Um, we've gotten to be pros at figuring out how to anchor that thing down. It's a goddamn rock of Gibraltar. Um, so, yeah, we packed it out. Was I don't I don't I want to say I don't want to say I was concerned because you know the way that we operate. Um, and the events that we do and stuff, we, you know, we're generally getting the, the hardcore hockey fan. I know we've said that there aren't really, there aren't really many casual hockey fans. So people understand the gravity of the situation. And we've had really, really, really big turnouts. I mean, obviously, the first game back at the Coliseum was um, an absolute madhouse. The 228 John Tavares game was another blowout. And, uh, I was curious as to what was going to happen here. Um, it was obviously a Wednesday and just to see what time people were going to show up. Uh, you know, it was like a put up or shut up type moment um, with all the shit that we've been talking, getting the, getting the team back on Long Island and back in Nassau County at the Coliseum. Um, you were hoping that people were going to show up like they did because uh, they're, you know, they're, they're, I don't want to say lean nights, but there have been some nights that, um, we're debatable. Um, you know, we're accountable on this show. I hold myself and my fan base accountable. And so, 
Yeah, I mean, there are a couple Monday, Tuesday games this year at the Coliseum that, you know, not every uh, ass was in a seat, but that's all right because, man, they showed up and it was heavy. I, Dude, people are insane. Uh, you know, I'm in a different position because I have to schmooze at the, in the parking lot. And I don't mind doing it. I love meeting people. Um, but just the amount of alcohol consumed on a Wednesday was just mind-numbingly um, ridiculous. <laughs> uh, we had... Tito's and Jack and Fireball and I mean that it's it's the playoffs. It's it, how quick it's did you go through that keg? Oh, that was <laughs> maybe didn't stand, the, didn't stand a chance. No, it never stands a chance. I mean, at this point, people know the deal. We went from kind of well, the orange tent helped because you've been telling everybody and I've been telling everybody meeting by the orange tent. So before that, we, when we didn't have the the name on the tent, people kind of like slowly walked by and. You know, you, you kind of had to, like, go out of your way to tell them, like, yeah, you can come by. And then they felt they felt like you were random people. But now people just know, you know. So they know. They come right over. And um, everybody's so nice. Um, and they get so surprised when you tell them that they're good to just go. And there's no uh, there's no fee. We're just all hanging out, having a good time together, enjoying each other's company. So that's great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the bar um, that we built that is just – and ins- it's insane to think how many signatures we've gotten on it. I'm not really a big signature what, guy. What new ones you guys get? Oh, buddy. It's a big, big night for the Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Yes Men Outfitters, Bar, Zal. <laughs> That's what we named it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so for those of you who don't know, we're located right in between the Marriott, which is generally where the team stays in the front door into which the players enter. So a lot of away players um walk by and we just uh keep let them keep walking and but um you know there are some players that have been called up or younger that maybe um don't have a place to stay so they marriott so we've gotten Devontae's to to sign uh, i believe we have dal cole on there um uh bobby nystrom was walking around the tailgates one day and we had him on there uh john ledecky has signed it because it's made its way to um offside tavern to be um to be used just as an accoutrement to a private party, and he happened to be there, so he signed on. So we have a couple of big names on there. Brendan Burke stopped by the other day. He caught the corner, and we, we let him sign on the one side, which is great because we love him, man. I, he was kind of taken aback when we asked him to sign it. He was like, do you really want me signing the bar? Like, like huge, huge part of the fan base at this point. I mean, the guy's getting into it on Twitter with people, which is awesome. It's kind of like what you need to do now as a personality with the team. And um, he's just embraced it. So we were super psyched, kind of surprised when he was surprised. Um, And so we have him on there. So uh, uh, Pat Flatley is also on there. Um, He was walking around a couple weeks ago. So yesterday, obviously the big guns are coming out now um, for the playoffs. And this is their time. I mean, this is kind of where they put this team on the map uh was through the postseason so i'm sure they're going to be there um more now than ever and uh we had gotten word that over by the front door there was uh butchie was outside and uh billy smith and clark gillies uh so it's it's a pretty funny scene to um to witness when we find out someone's there because our kind of thing that they're not going to come to us only because we're standing under a tent, there's alcohol, obviously nobody wants to, you know, if you're a professional figure, you don't want to be seen with a lot of drinking going on around you. So 
um, we just pick the bar up and run it over to them. <laughs> this is a, this isn't the first time I've heard you tell me that. It's still ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's you know it's always like like that song in the background as we like scuttle over like don't break it don't break it don't break it like we're running it's got lights on it so it's like it's it's a scene it's pretty funny but we run it over to them and uh, we walk up to them and uh they're just looking well they saw us coming so they're just laughing because they're like look at these dickheads you know running around with a bar so we set it down and we have the oyster bay barn rocker tin tacker on the front so they know um you know that we're legit because we are and uh you know we said Hey guys, uh, you know we have all these signatures on the on the bar here from people throughout the year. Do you guys mind signing it? And every time, it's absolutely got to sign it. So uh, Billy Smith threw threw a signature on there, and and then uh, Butchie threw a signature on there, and and then Clark uh, Gillies leans over, starts signing, and Billy Smith starts going C L A R. So that was pretty funny, and uh, yeah, and we picked it up. I mean. I was just walking around and I had this bar on me and I'm not, not going to get an Islanders legend to sign it. So, <laughs> so we get, we get the signatures and that was great. And uh, the music is pumping as always. And yeah, pregame was sick. Um, I've gotten packing my car back up before game time down to a science. Everybody's got their job. They do their one thing. And then it all goes in back into my tiny little clown car jeep and we were rolling we got in there and it was rocking dude yeah and and it was rocking everywhere around the country that was watching it like there was tons of meetups that were going on and uh you know charlotte was doing their thing but then kevin conley's posting videos of the la group like dude almost the whole bar was full that was unbelievable oh he's got to be loving it too oh he's loving it he is loving it you know because they uh I don't say how do you luck out. I mean, I, I, obviously it was going to be found at some point, but you know, to have the support that he's going to have, I can't think that he was going to expect to have uh, that big of an Islander crowd, fan crowd there so quickly. So glad that we could hook him up. He's he's a he's a big Islander celebrity, Islanders fan celebrity. We don't have many of them, <laughs> so. So well, uh, Ralph Macho is in the house. Oh, Ralph! Oh, oh dude, Karate Kid, of course. That's you got to get him to sign the bar. Yeah, Big Mach, Big Daddy yeah. Mach. Yeah, I've actually met him in Syracuse, and uh, I had you in the fucking chin. No, dude. So this is probably 2007 and 2008, and you know the Islanders are just god awful. No one's talking about the Islanders, and Ralph Macho goes to drop the ceremonial first puck at the Syracuse Crunch home opener. And I was like, yo, how funny would it be if I brought like that captain series of Ralph Macchio? Like when he's like the, the Islander celebrity captain and there was like, oh, a whole yeah. series and uh, I brought that picture and I you know, went to go get it signed. And he just looked at me and he goes, what the fuck? <laughs> like he was not expecting that in Syracuse, New York to see someone bringing that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's a very small contingent of of celebrity Islander fans, so it's always good to know uh, that we have people in high places and glad to help out uh, Connolly and and everything that they got going out on the West Coast. We've expanded your meetup groups. Uh, I mean, it's great. Everyone wants to get involved, and and the timing of it is perfect. This is really when things are exciting. So 
Um, this is the best time to bring people together and get people that maybe lost it or haven't been able to keep involved because it's not a local team and you're not going to hear a lot about it. They can kind of get that uh, togetherness in a foreign place and, and get it going, like we've said. So it's awesome to see that. It's awesome to see the content coming out from all these places. Offside Tavern was packed to the gills. It'll be packed to the gills and for eternity, you know, for this playoff run. And um, we'll be out there on, on Sunday, early kegs and eggs, bright and bright eyed, bushy tailed and, and rocking in Manhattan. And, and that'll be awesome because I want to make sure that every Rangers fan that walks by uh, cries a tear every time <laughs> they uh, look inside and see how much fun we're having. So that's great. And uh, yeah, so all that was good. And then uh, the games, man, I mean, you know, I, I mean, we had uh a hell of a game, real good hockey game. Um, but all the other games are good too. You know, Columbus yeah, sure. stunning and beating Tampa Bay. Dude, let me tell you something here. So we were all standing right, and the and the whole thing um, that we had talked about was um, prior to the game was how big of a deal home ice advantage is. So you know, we've obviously been we were fighting for it for so long. I mean, I was making fake fan accounts for other teams just to like root on somebody you know some of these other clubs that would try and help us get home ice and then we finally get it and now all you hear is well it's not really that big a deal anymore you know people aren't you know the the crowd isn't that big a deal and there are some people fighting back and saying that's a big deal at the coliseum i don't think it's a huge factor um with the penguins a lot of them have played in the coliseum against us so they are kind of prepared for it and I mean, you're two cups deep with most of these guys, so um, or three or whatever. You know, they're 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 going to be prepared no matter what. But no matter what, you cannot tell me, and I'll agree with Mike Carver with this. The first five minutes of those home games is where you can really make an impact as a fan. And I mean, it proved to be true. And like I said, my second sense is knowing that um, they're going to win a game in the first five minutes of the game, and they jumped all over them first thirty seconds. You know, Tommy Kunackle, who would have thought? And he put it through, and, you know, it got overturned, and it was not one of those things where it was like, oh, it's overturned, but, you know, turning of the tide. It was kind of like, damn, they were lucky. How lucky is Pittsburgh, man? They are humming. And then they just came back from the overturned call and dump another one in. I said, here we go. You know, that's the situation you need. And they let one up, but the game was great, and uh, it felt like – a game Pittsburgh wins 10 out of 10 times in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I think, I think uh, the, the home ice advantage isn't going to like fluster the penguins. Cause like you just said, like those guys have been there, done that, like they, they're pros, but yeah. I think it also does play on the home team. Like, you know, there's no way Robin Leonard wasn't going to stand on his head after you guys are chanting his his name, like throughout the building. Yeah, like he's going to do everything in his power to to win that game for you guys. Yeah, I mean, the team is so smart for adopting the the fan base's passion and Robin letting everybody know how much it does positively affect him on the ice with the emotion that he shows and 
the understanding, like how cool. I mean, you're professional. And people use the term pro is pro, right? So, you know, everybody's got their chance for their players here and there. And you like, ah, the guy's just used to it. But he's like made it very vocal that it um, he loves it and he feeds off of it. And, and that in turn has just fed everybody into making sure that they're there for um, times when they need it. And that's that's what's awesome because – you kind of, I mean, sometimes I think to myself, like, I'm a grown man rooting for other grown men and taking it very personally <laughs> when they lose. And sometimes it feels a bit weird because it's like, well, you know, does this really affect my life all that much? But when they do kind of hint to the fact that you have some sort of impact, um, it's cool. It's fun. It's what's being a fan is all about. And um, it's great. They've done a great job. I mean, even Barry in the post game, it said, you know, it was rocking. It was great. He said they got a little quiet there in the second. Uh, we don't want to see that anymore. We don't want to hear that anymore. So keep it going. Keep it consistent. And he knows, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he knows that that comment's going to come back and people are going to respond to it. So great move on his part. But yeah, they, um, they, it just felt like Pittsburgh was going to hang in there. The Islanders are not going to pull away. Um, and it's going to get into a sudden death situation. And Malkin, Latang, Crosby, you, these guys with blood in the water are going to strike and we beat them to it, which was a great, great feeling knowing that that's a game that I feel that they Penguins would have been winning every single year. Um, and it's just one of those, could have been one of those soul cries where you were up twice and you gave it up. Um, but you know, during the game, like you said, I mean, even the other games are great. I wasn't really, you know, able to keep up, but with social media now, it's just, you're talking to everybody, the guy next to you, you don't know him. So everyone's kind of giving updates from home and somebody in the beginning of this beginning of the period had said, Oh, you know, uh, Tampa's all over Columbus right now. It's three, nothing. And I turned the car over and I said, gentlemen, sweet. It's gonna, they're going to win in five. And Carver laughed and you know, yeah, it kind of feels that way. And then by the third period, we all looked up. You know, they they did a uh, out of town highlight. You know, scores and and we all looked up and there was an audible gasp from the crowd. You know, like normally when they show the Rangers game and the Rangers are losing, everybody's like, yeah, you know, whatever. And like we laugh about it. When I mean, it's really it doesn't really it's a game that doesn't matter to anybody in, in that in that stadium and they popped it up and everyone was like, Whoa, you know, it was crazy. Um, so that was crazy. And who else played the other night? Uh, the Winnipeg won. game. Yeah. The blues won. Yep. Yeah. Who, who's, who did Winnipeg play? Aren't they playing the blues? Oh yeah, that's right. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. So they won. I mean, I, what's going on with Winnipeg? That's crazy. They really had a shitty end to the, to their season. So and and the Blues just quietly. I mean, they're a week where everyone had Tarasenko on our on you know as a top line forward on our team. <laughs> uh, they were ready to sell the farm, and they just figured it out and slotted second in the in 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 the standings. I think right. So uh, that's crazy. Um, and then we got some big games tonight. You know, I I know the pod will probably drop tomorrow. And everyone will have the results, but uh, pulling for a big uh, Boston win over Toronto tonight—that'd be nice. Yeah, I think everybody wants to see it, but it's the playoffs, man, and you know we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, 
Uh, Toronto's, I think, rolling. I mean, after they beat us, I don't think they lost, right? Uh, that that's a good question that I not a, not gonna sit here and say I know every game that Toronto played the rest of the season. Not a hockey podcast, so I wouldn't expect you to. But uh, you know, yeah, I, I you know, being part of the playoffs, fully a hundred percent vested emotionally is something that you know, we haven't gotten to do often. Um, so this is great. Also being somewhat of a contender for this first round win. I, I think everybody really, really, really wants this first round. Um, it's different than years past because of how much we overperformed. So kind of want to shove it. Uh, anything after that to me is gravy. I want the whole thing, but everything after that's gravy for me. Um, and it just, yeah, you want to, I, I guess really the only other series that matters to us is Toronto. Just, because you want to shove it in their face and it's never going to end, you know, um, Canadian media is, is going to have an excuse as, you know, it'll be the seating system or, um, you know, some other way to screw the Leafs and, and whatever I'm, I'm over it before it's even written, but yeah, I mean, I'm not even talking about like, Oh, I want Toronto to lose because of JT. I just want Boston to win because Joe from ice nine kills was just, the best guest, and I'm pulling for him, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess do my job and tell and tell everybody who we're uh, interviewing. But yeah, we had uh, we had Joe on from Ice Nine Kills. Um, awesome, awesome guy, awesome guest. Uh, you know, we recorded it before the game because um, we have busy schedules. All of us. They're on tour. He's in Smashville, um, and dude was just knowledgeable on it. Everything we love to talk about um uh yeah it was it was a great time with him and uh i think uh maybe we'll throw it over to the interview and we'll get back to you boys yeah hopefully uh brian burns not listening because i think this is our best interview so you better enjoy all right don't tell anybody but mike said that brian burns sucks all right uh <laughs> no brian i love you <laughs> all right all right boys so uh, yeah, without further ado, here's Joe from Ice Nine Kills. Rest your head, here's a Ice Nine Kills. He's out on the road. He's in Smashville right now. Joe. Yeah. Boys, it's good to be here. Uh, Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. 
Oh, dude, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate that you uh, like the pod too, man. That that made yeah. me uh, smile ear to ear. It was uh, uh, my buddy Matt Fozzy. I saw him posting about it online. And I hit him up, and he was like, "Yeah, dude. I-, I had no idea that he was even that big of a hockey fan until I started following him, and then I saw that he was on your guys' thing, and I was like, this is fucking sweet, man." So yeah, I'm a big fan. I like it. Yeah, it's a huge crossover. It's uh, it's what we've been telling everybody. Like more people are like, "Why aren't?" Why doesn't anybody realize this yet? We we were like we thought we were like late to the game on talking about like music and hockey and how there's such a like insane. I know there's a huge crossover with it. It's it's funny. I was uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys on this tour, but before I was um, up until fairly recently, I was a booking agent for Artery Global, and I was working with so many other people in the industry and uh, and other bands and stuff. And I had it's just insane the amount of people that like hockey is the sport you know like i mean there's obviously you know football and baseball and all that stuff but i find more people into hockey than anything else in the scene it's pretty great yeah it's tough it's and it's the beautiful thing about talking with about hockey um it's such a regional thing but when you talk to people they're able to talk about the entire league mostly right a lot of football fans could you know give a shit like i mean you know they i don't know i just it's something that, like, when you love it, you love all of it. And especially talking yeah. to people that travel the country, you guys get the best of everything, you know, if you're in yeah, it. Yeah, I try to hit as many spots as I can. But you're right. I mean, hockey has the least amount of, like, fair weather fans, I feel like. You know, everyone's pretty dedicated. So it's, it's great just meeting people everywhere around the country that know as much about my team as I do. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. It's awesome. Yeah. Exactly. And your team is, uh, is the Boston Bruins, which is – East Coast, man, we're starting the playoffs. Like, dude. I know. Tomorrow. Yeah. For yeah. you guys, the Long Islanders. Long Island tomorrow, and uh, we're the day after. So, yeah. How are you guys feeling? Dude, I'm ready to explode. Like, because <laughs> Devin does his thing back on Long Island, but I do my thing in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And, right. you know, we're going to be packing out our bar for every game. And oh, I believe it. It's just so much fun. You know, we it's been a little while, and no one was expecting us to get to this point. So, to, to yeah. be in the playoffs, and you know, we got two of the best goalies in the league right now. Like, you know, you you can ride a hot goalie in in the playoffs, and it just makes you uh, a little optimistic. No, I feel you. I had a uh, um, Leonard as my fantasy goalie for the whole season so <laughs> I, was, I was always rooting for the islanders <laughs> man but yeah. you know what i actually love the story you know i mean the whole Tavares thing i know it's like overblown at this point and everything but i if, if it helps at all i actually have the islanders beating the penguins <laughs> in the, in the first oh round. hell yeah yeah <laughs> i just yeah. don't feel like they're gonna show up i don't know why but i know i know they're the underdog but i, I kind of feel like uh they're just a they're just a good feel good story, you know. Have to you have to root yeah. for the common man team. We're the common man team this year. I feel like um, I don't know. It's so weird because somebody said it on Twitter today, and our season has kind of been predicated on how good the defense has been, mm-hmm. right? And your whole yeah. life, all you hear from every like old head is defense wins championships, and now suddenly yeah. the Islanders make. The playoffs are like, all right, defense wins championships, except for the New York Islanders this year. They're going to have a problem. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, you look at this team. The, I guess it's not as much in the Eastern Conference, but the the, the favorites are definitely – I mean, look at Nashville and, and uh, 
Nashville and did I turn my camera around? Yeah, I did. Yeah, did. <laughs> Na- Nashville and um, San Jose, you know, with their defense. And they're actually, I mean, I don't, it's funny. I don't hear about people talking about those teams as much as I, I thought they would going into the playoffs. I actually think San Jose, they were going to be my pick to win, but goaltending has been rough. So I'm kind of shaky on them. You know? And then they got a tough first round series, man. They got to right. play Vegas. And I, I, I kind of went, I went with Vegas on it. That's a tough really? one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a, we had a friend like last year when everyone was like, Oh, you just feel bad for the city of Vegas. Cause it's going to take so long. And like everybody fleeced them on every, everything, you know, all the moves and stuff for the expansion. Yeah. And then my one friend was like, no, I think they're going to take it. They're going to go all the way. Like, no they, way. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God. He's like, but it no wasn't one saw that coming. He was the only one. And it wasn't wow. from like a point of information. It was like a point of misinformation where they were like, he was like, well, they got to cherry pick everybody's best players. I was like, no, dude, that's not what happened. Like, no, they, they had some guys that just outperformed what they were supposed to do. I mean, look at like Carlson was a monster last year, you know, he just like, came insane. out of nowhere. Yeah, Wild. it was insane. And that was like a situation where you just kept waiting for them to be what everyone expected them to be. Right. And it never happened. And so I kind of feel like that with a lot of good teams coming to this point of the the season. Now we're in the playoffs. Like you're kind of waiting for, okay, San Jose is waited to like wake up now. You know, like Pittsburgh's waited to wake up now. Everybody's like waiting for these good teams to finally be who they are. And it's like, well, there's no indication of that. You know what I mean? Like this could be crazy. This could be an insane playoff run. I actually think there's going to be a lot of interesting things that happen here in the, in this playoffs. I mean, it's hard for me to, from my point of view with, with the Bruins and everything. I mean, we know who we're playing if we yeah. know, yeah. you know, it's, I don't think uh, Tampa is getting beat by Columbus and Toronto is going to be tough. Like I, we, I thought they actually outplayed us last year in the playoffs, Yeah, but we ended up beating them and going to Tampa and everything. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard from my point to see any different path or whatever. But in every other division, it's uh, it, it was really hard to make picks. Like even honestly, even even like Calgary and in Colorado, there's a there's a there's a part of me that thinks Colorado can kind of upset there. Get the you know? fuck out of here, really. I kind of I mean, I don't know, man. It's just they just keep surprising me with stuff. I mean, I, I it's a long shot, but I think it, I think it could happen. Just being be in building, playing when we played Calgary, I, I don't know how, like, this, and the, I hate to say it, but the same thing with you guys, like, there's no, I just literally, like, they, they just, they smother you, like, there's no I know. let fast. up. Yeah. Fast. Yeah, and you yeah. guys, man, I fucking, if you guys win this, like, uh, I hate to say it, but if you guys win this year, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. Just because of <laughs> The goddamn Boston sweep. Like, I don't want that bullshit. Because you had the Red Sox, and then you had the Patriots. Like, give me a fucking break here. I'm spoiled, man. I'm I'm spoiled. I'm incredibly spoiled. (laughs) You know? Now, you're... That's something we can't say. We are definitely not spoiled. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's... it's, uh, I'm just like, you know, my entire... The last 20 years. I mean, I just turned 30. So, from when I was, like... When I actively started following sports more... It's just been like championship after championship, right? And I'm just waiting. I don't, I don't know what it's like to not have it. You know what I mean? So I know it's going to happen at some point, but I've, I, I understand the, uh, 
I I never fault anyone for uh, hating Boston teams. I I totally get it. <laughs> and and we have characters on our teams that are easily hateable too, like across the board. Well, you know, that's funny you bring it up because I was I was ready to have this conversation today. Marshawn has completely swung me. What do you think about him? You like him I'm now? A Marshawn fan. I am. Yeah. You get it. His yeah. Twitter has done such a good job of being yeah. like, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I'm a good yeah. person. It's just, it's funny to play that character. He's a funny guy, man. And he just knows how to get under people's skin. I mean, I, I, I get it. He's a, I think he's cleaned up his game a lot. You know, he, he definitely was a little more uh, of a dirty player before. And I'm not saying he's completely uh, innocent of everything now even, but um, he's just, he's, he's an underappreciated like power forward though. I think by the rest of the league, everyone kind of thinks of him as the rat and like the uh, uh, dirty player or whatever, but the guy is a monster, man. Like he's just, he's, he's such an offensive threat, you know, everywhere on the ice. Yeah, for sure. He's a lot of fun to watch, too. Yeah. But I feel like you guys got your strength and your goaltending as well because, you know, you got Yarrow now as your yeah. backup. That That's yeah. pretty solid. And then you're going against Toronto where their goalie situation's up in the air. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. I, I feel good about it, but you know what? I mean, I think Rask gets a lot of flack. People uh, tend to think that he just chokes in the playoffs. And, you know... He doesn't play – I don't think he plays his best hockey in the past few years in the playoffs anyway. But you've got to feel but, good. Like, you know, if Yarrow starts, you got to feel pretty good about that. I feel confident. I don't know how, like – it's the first time I've really followed him for a whole season, you know, so I've never really seen him play in the playoffs or anything. Um, but I feel good about the playoffs this year. It's just It just sucks the, the, the path that – in front of the Bruins, dude. If know, anyone, if anyone's going to beat Tampa, though, it's going to be the Bruins. That's what I feel like. That's what I feel like. I, I, I don't. I don't. I, I'm not like. I don't. I don't think I could say that. I think they're going to beat them right now. But if they do, I, I feel extremely good for the rest of that road. You know. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know if any other team in the East could knock them off. Maybe the Penguins, if they, if they, you know, play out of their minds again, but. Yeah, I disagree completely. I thought you guys, I think you guys are really the target. I mean, nobody wants to hear that their team's a target because that's just completely horrifying to hear. But I, with (laughs) the numbers really, like, what's the last team to win the President's Trophy and then win the Cup besides the 2012 uh, Hawks? Yeah, that's true. I I just, there's, you go in with so much pressure. Yeah, I, I try not to listen to too much of that, though. You know, yeah. like, I get it. There's obviously all those statistics, but those, I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning are the best team in the league. You know, there's no doubt about it. They're, they're right. just ridiculous from front yeah. to back. So, yeah, I know a President's Trophy team doesn't often win the cup, but and, I, and I, that's one of the things I love about the sport is that the playoffs are like a brand new season, right? Everything kind of starts over. But I, I just can't, like, they're just so stacked. Like even on just if, if someone if I had never heard of their team before and someone put their roster down in front of me, like you can just tell that they're they're just the, they are the best team in the league. They're ridiculous. And now they're getting Headman back and everything. They're getting so they're only they're only better now, you know? 
Yeah. And I appreciate you keeping us straight because for a moment there, I forgot that we're not a numbers podcast. We don't, we don't do statistics. <laughs> um, so that I, I appreciate you for getting us back on track on that. <laughs> so, okay. I feel that. So all good. But yeah, I mean, um, I mean, you have an entire fan base because we need you to smoke the Leafs. Need oh, dude, you I, to smoke I, the Leafs. I, I, they're my favorite team to beat. They're my, my favorite, favorite team to see get beaten. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was listening to the last episode with Shane. Yeah. Uh, and he was, I, I, I don't know him well. We've met in passing a couple of times. The first time I met him was at a Bruins game in Boston. And he was sitting like three rows behind me and he ended up being the fan of the game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was him. I was, I I don't, it might've been someone else in the band, but uh, that was like, well, I don't know, six or seven years ago at this point. Yeah. So it was funny. Yeah. But no, they are by far my favorite, favorite team to beat. Just, I, I actually went to a bunch of the playoff games last year and the guys sitting next to me were from Toronto and the Bruins play at the TD garden. The guy was like, hey, you know that, you know what TD stands for? Toronto Dominion. Toronto Dominion. He's like, you're playing in a, in a Canadian rink right now. <laughs> I was like, shut up, dude. Get That's out of okay. Here. Because <laughs> could have responded and turned around uh, and said that your fan base made a T-shirt of the, um, uh, what's it, with the four presidents' faces? Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Sorry, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I saw a T-shirt last week for the Mount Rushmore of, um, like, current players on the team. And yeah. I just wanted to fondly remind the people of Canada that that's our monument. That's kind of tough. <laughs> that's to, fantastic. Tough one to come back from, but I'm sure yeah, that's that's gonna make it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Shane was on last week. Um, and like you heard, that was uh, probably about 15 minutes after the game that they beat us and clinched. Right. So passion was high. Uh, yeah. We probably could have talked in circles for – four more hours about the same topic. So right. we were, yeah, well, yeah, it's good for them. I, you know. It's been overblown that Tavares thing. Um, sure. You don't, you don't want to hear my opinion. On <laughs> no, no offense. I mean, unless it's a good no, one. No, yeah. No, no. I can sit back, get some no, coffee. You, and don't, we'll talk you, this out, you don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now no, we're, we're past it. Oh, it's yeah. been so hard to try and get people to get over it. Um, like I said, we That's, were at the game. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. It was fun in February. You know, oh, yeah. it was it was super fun because nobody ex- – like, everyone's like, why does everybody have such a problem? An unbelievable game to be at. Buddy, you play on stage for a living, so you kind of get it. But, like, you know when you say, like, open this fucking place up and yeah. the entire place just goes wall to wall and does, like, a wall of death? I mean, like, <laughs> that was, like, the feeling where you're like, Holy shit, we're all working together on a common goal to just heckle this guy out of the planet. And it worked. Oh, and it was fantastic. Like, yeah, that was great. Then the second yeah, game. I would have loved doing that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. The first one's the one that really matters. I think that was great. I, I uh, love that kind of stuff, you know? Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was great. And hearing Toronto fans be like, do you losers like meet up and, and like work on your celebrations together? And we're like, <laughs> You made a fake holiday for a guy yeah. to make him feel better. Like, you're calling us loser. Whatever. Yeah. All right. I'm clearly over it. So, uh, you know. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah. So, um, we talked about you being on stage. You're obviously an Ice Nine Kills. Um, huge band for, you know, for me. Um, I've been listening to you guys for a very oh, yeah? time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Um, and I'm a newer fan, man. Like I, I started checking you out when you when you reached out to me, and I was like, I've definitely heard of this band, and holy yeah. shit, like you guys kill it, man. Well, thanks so much, guys. I've actually uh, only officially been in this band for about. Oh, I don't know. Now it's been announced about a month or so. Uh, but I've been working with them uh, for years, a long time, uh, just because we were always kind of uh, my old band and, and them. We were always doing all the same stuff together. So I've been writing with them forever and everything. So it feels like I've been part of the group for a long time. But yeah, I appreciate that. That's really that's really nice. Of you guys still counts. It <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, so most recently you guys came out with Silver Scream. Um, yeah which was awesome. I've been listening to it since October, since you guys put it out. Um, it was a really, really cool concept for a album. Um, yeah. Everything is based off of the old school horror films. All the songs are based off of old school horror films. Um, and we were talking about it. I mean, um, you guys are probably, I mean, we're very new, but this is one of, you guys are the heaviest band that's been represented for what we've been doing thus far. Um, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. Mikey's a little bit more of the lighter side. So when he started listening to you and said um, that he liked it, I was surprised. And we were, we were speaking about it. <laughs> not, not not surprised, like, oh, he wouldn't no, like no, it. No, I get you. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't really listen to a lot of the heavy stuff either, to be honest. I, I, I've always loved this band, and it's a lot of fun to play in and everything. And uh, It's funny, though. I think it does translate well into, you know, even like the pop punk kind of we have a lot of kids that like that stuff into our into our music too and i think it's just like you know the hooky choruses and yeah spencer who's our our singer he 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 pretty much only listens to like i don't know like alistair and yeah. like old school pop punk stuff you know <laughs> um so there's a lot of heavy influence there for sure that's why we have like guys in the uh who's on the album it's um we have Randy from Finch, the guys from RX Bandits, Les and Jake. They're all represented on the album in different parts. Yeah. It's yeah. a it's a cool, it's a really dope sound because it's like, it's tough, it's heavy, it's fast paced. But there's like, there's always like a twinge of something cool in the background. You, you, get, you know what I mean? Like, am I right by saying that? It, it, there's always like a little added type of thing in, in, in every song that you can like pick up on. We're like, oh, that's different. Like, that's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think... It's, it's, it's definitely designed to be more theatrical, right? Like even our live show, um, it's, it's got, it, it's pretty funny. It, we take it very light and everything, but there are parts like we play Rocking the Boat, which is a song about Jaws. And we have yeah. a guy come up in an inflatable shark costume. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so we do a lot, of, we, we have a lot of fun with that, the whole theme of it and like really immersing uh, even the sound of the music into like themes from the movies or whatever, right? Like in that same song and rocking the boat, there's, we tried to throw in that classic, dah, 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 yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Into the music. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun that way. I think people are, are uh, responding to it well, just because of the homage to the films and everything, you know? Well, a few weeks ago, Devin said that music videos are irrelevant, and That's I feel, like, That's I feel like you guys are make, making the argument that music videos are more relevant now than they've ever been. That's yeah, not uh, even close <laughs> to what I said. I want this on the record. This is bullshit. <laughs> fucking slandered on my own podcast by my own partner. That's not what I it said. was something along those lines. It wasn't even close to that. I'll get the receipt, pal. I will pause this fucking podcast right now and we'll pull it up. But we're not going to do that because that's not professional and this man has to go play a show. 
<laughs> but I am a uh, huge proponent of music videos. Joseph, please speak on the matter. Well, I, I kind of agree with both sides of what you guys are saying too, though. You know, like it seems like now, uh, you know, when I started playing in local bands, um, no one had a music video. And now it feels like that's one of the first things you do if you're a band is just have a video. So there's definitely like oversaturation for it. But I think that bands that do it well and create like cool content around, I mean, look at the, you know, okay, go is the perfect example. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're just, that, that band made a career off of making interesting videos. So I feel like there's a market out there for it. If you spend the time and instead of it just being like a performance video uh, on a roof, which we've seen a million times, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's a market for it, but yeah, we, we spend a lot of, uh, I, we actually have our director for the video out with us on tour right now doing lights for us. Um, it's actually going to be like a feature film when it's done. The, everything's going to go together. Um, you know, there's a storyline that blends between every video and everything. So um, we just we just actually wrapped up uh, another shoot um, about a month ago. So I'm excited to see the, the finished uh, project. That's awesome. And like you said, like content and everything like that, just when somebody puts... Uh, when they do something creative in everything that they do, and it's noticeable, it's, it's so easy to pick up on it, and sparks and generates some talk. Like that's my favorite thing. Even uh, we interviewed Andrew from uh, Grayscale, um, and they like minutes before we went on with him had announced that they had parted ways with their drummer. So, right. yeah. so we were like, "Holy shit!" So I'm texting Mike on the side, like, "Dude, what do, do I do? We talk about this?" He was like, no, 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 you can't talk about it. Like, okay. So the next day, we come to find out it was all part of a music video. The joke was that oh, he got... Oh, really? Yeah, the joke was that he got kicked out of the band. But they made like this... Like, bro, fucking AP commented on it. They made, they put like they put out a blog about it. That's genius. That's yeah, incredible. like Grayscale Gray parts ways with their drummer for creative differences. He tweeted about it like, oh, like, you know, creative differences. Yeah, like whatever. And then like the whole music video was like, they kicked him out. And he got really pissed and beat the shit out of him. Like it was like a whole US, it was like a whole oh, US. that's awesome. Yeah, so like when you when you see like people put the work in and especially your music videos, your music videos are, are dope and and so to they're, hear that they're you fucking got movies in in themselves. Yeah. Yeah, each one is like 10 minutes long at this point. So. Yeah. <laughs> they were they, I was talking to Dan our director in uh, the other day and he had actually had had to cut a lot of them down. There was one that was like 22 minutes. It's like I don't know if people are going to sit through that whole thing <laughs> the, the long one. Look at Thriller, man. <laughs> you know, You're that right. was a whole... Yeah. Right. Even, right. um, even like, we're talking about pop-punk influence. I don't even know if they fall... I can't even put them in anything, but, like, say anything. I remember listening, yeah. to an, listening to an interview where Max was like, yeah, you know, our first album is supposed to be a play. It's like an yeah. entire play that they wrote. So when people put that, like, extra creative touch on stuff, you know, like, I, I, I just love... I, I think it's awesome when you can, like really connect the story and it's not just a song about a boy that misses a girl you know what i mean like it's or yeah, whatever, the boy, yeah, yeah. whatever. I'm, I'm always into the conceptual stuff with music and i think there's a lot of really cool bands i mean look coheed is probably the most recognizable oh, at this yeah. point in the scene right but even like the deer hunter uh i don't know if you got you remember forgive Durden. uh razia shadow yeah man that album is amazing <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we actually had uh nick newsham from gatsby's american dream as one oh, of our first guests Oh, and uh that's great 
you know, he did guest vocals on that. And I tried to ask him like, Hey, what was like your favorite thing to do guest vocals on hoping that he would say that, but he didn't say that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That band was phenomenal. And that was actually, that album inspired me to do a lot of like the conceptual writing and everything. Even in my old band, uh, we did a lot of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. The more a band can kind of buy into everything and just, um, fully flush out a plan from start to back. I mean, you know, this, this video thing was a part of the idea before the album was even written, you know, it's, it's the whole front and back plan where you have everything kind of laid out. And then, uh, once it comes together, it's great. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's awesome. It's tough. I mean, you know, when they, and even like you're talking about on stage production value, how you guys like work all that out. I mean, even like, you know, it's well-documented. I'm a, my favorite, my huge data remember fan. I right, yeah, going to the house, going to the house party tour, where like the intro was like a ten minute video, and the entire stage was a was a house, and the garage right. oh, and the garage opened, and everyone was like playing in the garage was the set, but like that yeah. was like cool to me. Yeah, like going to shows when there's that added thing is again like just another tip of the cap. Like goddamn guys, good job. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. cool. Yeah, right? there's two sides of it. Like part of me loves the like old school crust punk basement shows that I used to go to where it's like, maybe there's not even a PA and some kids screaming out of a guitar amp. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that stuff's a blast too, but I, I love the flip side where you can really design it to be professional and, and as, as well thought out as possible. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So speaking yeah. on um, live shows and you're again, you're in Nashville. So like how, uh, how deep are, are you guys into the store? So uh, we're on uh, co-headliner right now with From Ashes to New. Uh, this tour is about, I want to say it's a little over two weeks. Let's see. It's about three weeks long. We're about halfway through that, a uh, little more than halfway through that. But as soon as this tour wraps up, we meet up uh, to, we, we jump on the Falling in Reverse tour um, in Vegas, it starts. So I'm actually not even going to be home for another two months at this point. It's a, this is a long one. Yeah. Wow. So I want to talk about falling in reverse real quick because <laughs> ongoing in this podcast is my, my last warp tour experience and how I sat in, we had yeah, a <laughs> I sat in the seat the whole cars. day. Wait, and, what? Yeah. So I, in oh, Charlotte at the amphitheater there, yeah. there was like seating and like under an awning and everything. And, you know, I'm 32 years old and I was like, oh, I want to go to the last warp tour. And then once I saw like there were seats by the main stage, I just yeah. plopped, I plopped down and stayed there the whole <laughs> day. Yeah. I didn't yeah. move at all. And yeah. all of a sudden I'm like watching like some bands I never heard of. And the whole amphitheater starts chanting, Ronnie, Ronnie. I'm like, who the fuck are these people talking about? <laughs> and it was that guy from Falling in the Falling in Reverse. I never even heard of them. And yeah. that was like the craziest live show I've ever seen. He does like this crazy microphone flip thing. And yeah. now, now I'm, you know, I'm a fourth grade teacher. I can't stop flipping my expo marker like him. <laughs> like, <laughs> God, I'm awesome. going to write on the board and I'm like, all right, I want to get like six flips real quick. And I'll like flip oh, my so expo awesome. marker. <laughs> you know, to be honest, I, I have yet to see them. Um, I heard them from behind the stage at Warp this past year, but. I haven't ever, I haven't watched him. So I, I actually saw him perform back in the day with Escape the Fate, like a long time ago. He was the singer for that originally. Like, um, 
at one point or something. Um, but yeah, I think I, I've heard great things. I heard their production is awesome too. So I'm excited to hit the road with those guys. We, we are from Ashes to New is joining us on that tour as well. And then um, uh, who's opening that one? That is New Year's Day. New Year's Day will be out there as well. So that'll be a good good tour. I should totally lie to my wife and say that we're going to see someone else and check you guys out in Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, you should. I'll, I'll hook it up. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell her we're yeah. going to see like uh, this wildlife or some like acoustic band and be like, yeah, we're going to see this rock band. And then <laughs> little does she yeah, know. A little different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, what, Caitlin doesn't want to throw down? No, I think those days are actually never existed in her life, but. I don't want to throw down either. I feel too old for that stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude, you would have sat right next to me in those seats at Warped oh, Tour. It's freaking I'm awesome. Absolutely, I'm that guy now. I go to shows and I stand in the back next to the sound booth because that's where it sounds the best. I stand there and I lean over on the railing so I don't have to stand for too long because my back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Two things: I would pay twelve to seventeen dollars to go to a show and watch your wife go into a pit and like pick up change. <laughs> That would be great content for the pod. One, two, uh, I still, I, <laughs> I get there, I'm like, I'm not fucking going in any pits. I'm not dancing. I'm staying in the back. I'm going to fucking sing along and everything's going to be fine. And then every single time I find myself like in the middle of a fucking mosh pit and just the one thing in my head is like, get out, get out, get the fuck out of this. What have you got yourself into? Like, I'm just like, like it's terrifying to me, but I do it. It's a thrill. That's bold. That's the thrill, thrill of the chase. My go-to move is to stand on the edge of the pit, right? Because that's where the most air is, which is nice. And then yeah. and then when you know like your favorite part of songs coming on or like a breakdown's about to hit, I turn my back around and I just like walk really fast backwards with my back up just straight through the crowd. That's my move. <laughs> that's just my to move. get out of there. Well, no, I just like that, like, oh yeah, I was in the mosh pit, but really I'm just like bowling over a bunch of people and my head's protected because it's my back so you can't hit me in the <laughs> Dude, it's, i like it's, the strategy it's simple math honestly yeah, you know i mean I got it. Yeah. yeah it's good yeah. and i'm always i've always been like a, a a larger man so i tend to like when i tend to start and like people bump into me and shit and i'm like a rock like a fire hydrant so everyone always yeah. falls down and then yeah and then people just avoid me and it gets to be a whole thing it's fun though yeah, I was never that guy. I was always getting my ass kicked in the pit. Always. always. <laughs> if, like, if we could have like a breakdown of people in a mosh pit, there's like there's the one really, really big guy that doesn't know how to dance, but he has fists like boulders, so you watch out yeah. for that guy. Yeah. There's two girls dancing, but they're like not real. So you gotta watch out for hitting them because that's just a nightmare lawsuit. You always have like then there's one guy with his shirt off that is dripping more sweat. That is humanly yeah, possible. Yeah, he's usually like holding it and like whipping oh! it around too, right? Oh, dude, I'm gagging thinking about it because he smells yeah. from a mile away. And then <laughs> there's like the one drunk person that's on the edge, like, oh, I could die. I might die, Graham, this when we're done because I have like. There's always like some like really scrawny kid that's like a ninja. Yeah. Like just doing like crazy <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there is. Like, yes, the there one is. dude that like you would not expect to be intimidated by, and then all of a sudden you're like, I gotta get as far away from that guy as possible. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's we'll call it, we'll name him the Spark Plug. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of grit. He's a gritty. He's a gritty workhorse. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was always the. Uh, then there's always the part of the show where there's like the the launch pad. We're like nobody nobody moshes. Everyone's gonna go crowd surfing, and we're gonna jump off this guy's back. Like right. 
you just do such stupid shit when you're a kid. Like, let me stand. That was so fun. Yeah, let me get on all fours behind four million people in front of me that yeah. could give a fuck less whether you're standing sitting behind them, and right. like let people jump off your back. Yeah, that yeah, that'll that's crazy. Yeah. We used to do the slingshot too. You ever do that? Oh, is that where you throw the throw them? Like you, you yeah. So you sit on the ground and then two people would grab your arms and just throw you as hard as they could. And I weighed like when I was going to like hardcore shows back in I don't know when I was in ninth grade. I think I weighed like 120 pounds. And I have these friends that would just throw me like, I'm not even exaggerating. I, I would hit the ceiling and then come down on people, you know, it was like, it's insane. I can't so, believe I never broke a bone at those shows or anything. Sam, oh my God. So just... let's dive into that history real quick. What was like uh, growing up in the Boston music scene or? Yeah, the Boston scene is, it was awesome, man. Like there, there were so many, uh, there's there always a show. Right. There's everywhere. I, I, Long Island actually had a pretty good scene like that, too, for sure. Oh, yeah. um, but there was there was the hardcore scene. There was metal. There was a lot of like stoner doom metal, stuff like that. And then there's pop punk and everything. And um, by the time I was I was going to shows or I was active in that scene, um, you know, it was around the time where like Vanna and our last night were kind of popping out of that area and everything. Full year strong. Uh, yeah. Those are the bands that I grew up playing with and everything. And, uh, I had always played guitar and, and keys and bands and stuff. So um, I actually joined a, a band called the Venetia Fair after that playing keys. And then I was doing that for oh, eight years touring with that band and everything. We always we always came through. Uh, what's that place on Long Island? Downstairs. Oh, the vibe. My Lounge. <laughs> I bro. That is insane that you just brought that up. I yeah. just came back from a Met game yesterday. It's right off of the, uh, it's right off of the railroad. And yeah, uh, my, yeah someone, the person Across that was the giving street. me a ride, yeah, yeah, yeah. The person that was giving me a ride home, um, her car was parked there. So I'm walking by, and I'm like, holy shit, there's the vibe lounge. I used to go there all the time. I completely forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. It's I so hated crazy. that load, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. But yeah, is that Rockville but, Center? Yes, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Um, the scene in Boston was awesome. Like there was just so much going on and, and there was a lot of like the hardcore scene was great. And there seemed to be like a lot of crossover between uh, like even like hardcore and, and pop punk and everything. I mean, like a loss for words was always huge in, in the pop punk scene, but always, always was playing shows with like shipwreck and guns up and uh, all that stuff too. So it, it was a, it was a good melting pot of music up there for sure. It was great. Yeah, and then sure. you guys have uh Worcester that's like got a, its own music scene too, right? Worcester. Yeah, I, know right. I know I'm saying Worcester. it wrong. <laughs> yeah, Worcester, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, Worcester had um, had a few spots uh, that you know it's not too far from the Boston area. It's like an hour, so you would always get the same bands and everything. But the bands that were huge out in Worcester, you know, would do the show trades with the bands that were big in Boston. And everything it was, it was cool. It was like a mini like touring cycle between like there's like Portland, Maine, Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, the Boston area. Actually, it was like the North Shore of Boston, South Shore of Boston, and then Worcester. So you could hit, like, if you were a local band, you could hit all those places in the span of a week and then just do it again the next month, and it was it was great. Yeah, you know, for sure. Nothing Worcester, too far from each other. Yeah. No, it, it's all, you know, and it's, like you said, it's it's, it's cool because, Bo like, Boston, even through, I mean, I, the hockey team to me for Boston is so emblematic of the city. Like, the, the sport and then the colors and the... The logo. I don't know. I, when I think Boston, I just think the 
to me, obviously I'm biased, but I think the Spoke B and the and the 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 big bad Bruins and all that. Yeah. So, um, but Worcester to me is I always think is the town that Johnny Cupcakes built. Man, I'm yeah. big. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm a big. Uh, I'm I'm a big merch guy, and and Johnny gotcha. Cupcakes. Yeah, he's he's really that. That was really like the clothing one that I looked at where I was like, oh damn, I could do this. Like I, yeah, I look forward. He blew up, huh? Like that stuff is huge. He's got a store on like one of the most expensive streets in Boston now too. It's wild. Yeah, it's the Rodeo Drive of the East Coast, basically. Yeah, and and crazy. yeah, yeah, and he's killing it. He was in a band too. Uh, he was in um, Tom Broken Wings, wasn't he? Yeah, man. Yeah, and he killed it. And he was selling T-shirts with cupcakes and crossbones out of the back of the tour bus. Man, they were killing yeah. it. It was. Yeah, I saw that band a bunch growing up. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, and then, they were great. Yeah, and Four Years Strong is really the other like Boston influence for me like coming out when i was growing up that was like they're the flagship for boston scene for me they were like the the worcester band band. you know yeah mayors of worcester they kill it man those guys are machines yeah (laughs) not to go back to not to go back to uh music videos but they did that one music video the american revolution i don't know if i caught it uh i forgot what song it's for makes me want to run through a brick wall I'll have to list. I'll have to check it out. A lot of brick ro- walls running through uh, these days. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. big, big. We're playoff hockey time. No I brick. Know. I'm pumped, man. Yeah, pumped. yeah. I'm bumping all my old school hardcore, like at all the tailgates. People are walking by. That's the coolest part too. Is like when we get to tailgate, you get to listen to music, right? So Mikey's kind of he lives in Charlotte right now, so he really doesn't get the right. scene. But like I get to run the music, so we do basically the bar down breakdown playlist of all the bands that we interview. And people walk by and they're like, dude, you listen to fucking Ice Nine Kills? We're like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's because you don't cool get that. that. Like, it, it's always funny, like, when I go to these Bruins games and everything, that the amount of people I run into that I, I played music with in the past or whatever that are just there. It's just, like you said before, I mean, there's such, such a huge crossover, especially in, in the area, like, where I, I'm from, north of Boston. Everyone played hockey. Everyone played. So, I mean, my youth, my youth, my town for my age group, I, I think it's just, I remember, I think it was 13 and 14. I think we had like 13 teams, like full wow. teams, something crazy, you know. Spencer, our singer, actually played on a team with, um, with uh, Schneider, Corey Schneider for a long time. Oh, no shit. Holy crap. Yep. Yep. We, uh, uh, and then he went to my uh, college as well. So, wow. we, there's really a lot cool. of crossover there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, so then he always says he he outplayed him one game. That's like his claim to fame. <laughs> yeah, he was all over. He made him heist the puck once. It was crazy. <laughs> but uh, so that being said, is are there any other like big time hockey fans in uh, Ice Nine or you guys? Is it? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm probably uh, the most uh, I paid the most attention. Dan, our, our guitar player right now, he grew up playing. Hockey. He actually played for the Junior Kings out in LA, um, wow. and um, Patrick, our drummer, he's a he's a Sabers fan, uh, oh. and I don't let him hear the end of that. So, oh, uh, yeah, it's a rough rough year for them. For for the, for punching bag fans, I just want to point out that people like you are the problem. Oh, then we, I know. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> then we, teams like us make the playoffs when we're not supposed to. And then everybody complains because they don't hear the end of it from from like Islander fans. I just want you to remember like what you just said about a Buffalo Sabres fan because 
the minute Eichel figures it out and finally gets to where they need to go. No, you, you know what? Uh, it's, it's different, though, in this situation. The reason I don't let him hear the end of it is just because of the confidence that he had going into it. That's funny. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like, they played so hot in the first half of the season. Yeah. And then just, you know, I actually like that team. Like, I, I think their core is great, and I think they're going to be an awesome team. But it was just it was just funny. I mean, there were so many people online that were like, Yeah, they're going to the playoffs, they're gonna they're gonna be the first seed in the division. Like, come on, man. It's yeah. not gonna happen. And then they let Leonard walk for nothing. They gotta be yeah. kicking themselves in the ass for that one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And dude, even like with them, like and you kind of felt bad because we have been there before where there was like, you know, we're lining up the parades in, in October. So you're like yeah. You're like, oh, and then and the bottom falls out and everybody laughs at you like, you idiot. And I did feel bad for him. And then I started seeing, like, shit online about how people were, like, Laner, like, snorted and drank his, his contract away from us. Like, he, like, <laughs> blew all this money. I'm like, dude, the guy just came out and said he had, like, a serious, like, psych, you know, psychosomatic problems. Like, right. you, you, got, you guys underperformed and now the, the goalie that you're – Chastising is the fucking problem. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Right. I hate that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Eh, internet's successful and we're all apart. But, you know. Yeah, I try to stay above it, but uh, you get sucked in so easy. Some of it's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some you of it. can't help it. Yeah, the stupidity on there is just insane. I guess I add to it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're the media now, man. You're the, you're the hockey <laughs> media. Yeah, I'm hockey. You're going to fuel I'm... all that stuff. No, oh, dude, we're not a hockey <laughs> podcast. <laughs> No, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we try and get away with it, but we are. But um, so just for selfish reasons, merch-wise, you guys like have any like hockey-inspired merch? So um, we're talking about it right now. I desperately want to do a Jason Voorhees jersey, like a hockey jersey, because he wears the hockey mask and everything. Tough. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, think I would buy so one sad. of those in a heartbeat. That makes yeah, a lot of sense. Awesome, right? Um, yeah, I would love to do that. I don't, I don't know how easy that would be to do, but I want to figure it out. <laughs> well, I'm Devin's smi- your guy. Yeah, yeah I'm smiling. Oh, yeah, that's that's my, right. It's my bread and butter, dog. There you go. I like to talk. <laughs> that's my favorite thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll link up after this. this is yeah, for sure. Money in my pocket. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love it. I love, um, I love designing for for stuff. I, I've tried to get something for every one of our guests, so. You guys are definitely gonna get something. Um, oh, I appreciate that. Man. Thank you. No, Thank no you. problem. It's been uh, it's been fun. It's kind of like my thing. It's the kind of merge uh, a band and a and a, and the courting team that they listen to. It's been like challenging sometimes, but that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Hey, I need to make one quick correction for what I said. I just realized it um, when I was talking about the people that were on the album. It wasn't RX Bandits. It was Phoenix TX. <laughs> right. That was it. Okay. Well, like you know, come on! Enough with the we don't we we don't we don't do abbreviations here, right? <laughs> this is this is the gotcha. situation. No numbers, no abbreviations. No fact checks. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you could have let it fly too, because if anyone came home, I know, home, I know, I know, but I know that it will it will be someone in my band that will listen and be like, dude, you said that wrong. <laughs> All right, tell them get on the fucking phone and talk to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. There All we right. go. No, I get it. No, respect is due to where respect is due. Right. Yeah, we're all good. We're all good. So, uh, all right. Uh, we're going to let you go and get ready. And uh, oh, yeah. just assume, like, minutes before everybody goes on to, like, 
You guys drink just like a shit ton of Monster and just get like. I can't drink drinks. that stuff, man. You've been sitting. Sim- so Lacroix. Yeah, I do the yeah, seltzer water. Saw that. I'm I'm having a recovery day today. Yeah, last night was just too much. So, uh, so get a nice kombucha. That's my shit. Yeah, I know. I love that stuff. <laughs> love it. Oh man, we need to hang. out. I'm coming to the show in Charlotte. It's official. Let's do it, dude. I'll hook it up. We'll we'll definitely hang out. Because yeah. Charlotte's got some sweet kombucha spots. Okay, sounds hey. good. We'll hit we'll hit a few of them. Hey Joe, I hate to do this to you for a sec, but could you just hold on, Mike? You need to stop acting <laughs> old. You are killing us. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to hear about the story of you not moshing at fucking Warp Door. Nobody wants to hear about your kombucha. We're trying to act fucking cool, man. We're big time people dude, kombucha, here. Kombucha is the new cool thing, dude. It is. Yeah, hot. get with it, Devin. It is somewhat hot, but somehow Mikey finds a way to make it sound old. <laughs> you know what? I, it's funny because I agreed with everything he says on both of those topics. No, but you're <laughs> like you're sitting in a tour bus about to play a show in Nashville, and Mike's at home, like with like like live laugh love posters behind him. <laughs> so like when you say it, it's cool. They're, they're fucking Andrew McMahon quotes, all right? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> tough. I mean, tough look for the brand all around. That's why I'm just glad we're. we're Talking only podcast because if this was live, no fucking problems, kid. Oh, that's awesome. We got a problem. All right, man. So go kill it on stage today. Uh, thank you for hanging out. Uh, we'll check back in with you. Hopefully, we both make it past the next round and we can talk a little Absolutely. bit more about what's going on. Yeah, let's definitely do this again. I appreciate you guys having me on. For sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Right. Coast Guard, this is the York again. We need you out here now. The focus under attack. It's a great white over. 15 minutes over. say the flying hawaiian ryan and i came up with flying ryan but mikey i'll take it i'm a, a big nickname guy so i'm cool with it huge nickname guy uh and now huge ice nine kills guy yeah dude i like i think i need to get like some ice nine kills like band merch and i think i'm i'm on the wagon Tough stuff. Dude, I didn't even get to bring it up in the interview, but uh, the guy that did the uh, the graphics for their last album, Silver Scream, was, uh, was probably one of one of 
the top two designers that really inspired me to pursue my career. Um, Mikey C. Hardcore, Mike Quadrata, who has basically done the album artwork for any anybody that matters <laughs> in my in you know in my scene. Um, does the merchandise for all these bands and um, yeah, so I didn't even get to bring it up because we were having so so good a time, but looking at all the stuff that they did he had done a whole um expose on 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 the album artwork for the silver scream so uh you check that out uh if i show you some of your album artwork you're gonna start being like oh yeah 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 yeah. he definitely i know he's done a lot it's uh like pretty recognizable yeah every everything they do like their whole package is just so well done like the way they sell themselves that it's hard for someone that's like just discovering discovering them to not be like wow this is like the coolest stuff out right now yeah it's tough we talked about it too uh, uh from somebody that maybe per- prefers um the lighter side of, of of music or the lighter side of pop punk and stuff like that uh and maybe post hardcore really isn't their general channel um they're a great way to get into it um because of the uh, production value that they put into everything and the concept and everything that they have. We, we spoke about how, um, you know, it's a little bit easier to listen to music when you, when you can wrap your head around the concept that they're going for outright. And, you know, the, lyrically, it's just easier. It's not just screaming in your face and just assuming that everything they're talking about is, is terrible. There's, you know, it's, you know, their last album is, is again, based on classic, um, horror films and 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 scary movies and and stuff like that. So it's really really cool. I mean, uh, every song is dedicated to something different. And I it it was refreshing to hear that Joe and even Spencer aren't necessarily into like hardcore music. So it it made me feel like you know, hey, I, I'm not being judged because I'm not like ready to throw down. It's like you know. It, it's they're into some different music too so that was cool yeah for sure i mean we had a kid uh we had a kid from our town um who was in a band that was very very close to making it um i just think uh it fills it out towards the end i think people kind of everybody in the band kind of was like not 100 percent willing to commit um to closing the deal and making it their full-time career but his uh, it was uh, the name of the band was This Condition, which was really really good. Um, growing up, they were um, local Long Island band, and their bassist um, had a brother who had a um, a hardcore band. I want to say Screamo, but it was definitely tough, tough, heavy, heavy stuff. And This Condition was like, you know, pop. I wouldn't say pop punk, more pop than punk, but good, you know, rock music. I mean, their tagline was "Love is Love" and and stuff like that. And 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 then their bassist, whose brother was in all the Heather's were dying, <laughs> where you know was like doing writing and recording with them all the all the heavy you know bass lines and stuff. And it was such a different um, sound to the two bands. And he was still able. And I think that's kind of sometimes what can. Um, tweak your ear a little bit is is having a twist not really somebody you know you you do what you love and you're good at it but sometimes you fall into a um a pattern when you're so focused on one thing so people who are able to do two different things sometimes bring something new to it and and make it special 
I like that. Yeah, I do. I do that with artwork a lot. Um, I mean, even with the even with the Islander stuff this year, I've I've I started falling into a rut where it was just kind of sayings, um, kind of written on the front of the shirt because they were selling, they were doing well, but artistically, it started to become a bit of a bore for me. You know, um, it was just like, all right, you know, let's do a little more design work here. Let's be a little more clever. Let's find a couple more things that you know maybe gives more options to people. So you have to kind of branch out. You have to get outside your comfort zone with things. And um sounds like there's a couple guys in that band that are doing that and it's it's working very well for them. Absolutely. I uh I think that, you know, and and Joe's new in the band. So like now Joe being the new guy in the band can bring some of his elements to Ice Nine Kills and, you know, continue to help evolve the sound and I'm I'm just like I said a fan now, and I'll be uh, trying to convince Caitlin to go see them when they're in Charlotte. Uh, that would be very funny. You're gonna have to take videos. It's great content. Your wife <laughs> and a mosh, your wife in a mosh pit. Like I said, I'd pay seven to seventeen dollars to see her pick up some change <laughs> in a pit. Maybe throwing a wall of death. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, it, it, he he killed it, and, and also his hockey knowledge was was great. Um, just kind of one of those guys that understands exactly, you know, what we're doing can hold conversations um, with, I'm not saying nobody, nobody has, but you know, he just fit perfectly for what we're doing here. And we're super excited to, was equally excited to be on, which was awesome. And it's another one of the band um, members that are like on tour. You know, we had Andrew, I'm sorry. We had um, Vaughn from Grayscale who was on yeah. tour. Yeah. I almost, oh, I see. We call Boz Boz. That's why I'm, messes me up because that's not even his real name yeah we had <laughs> yeah we had uh yeah so we had them on we had grayscale on and and they were in the middle of um touring too i'm always, like i've said before i'm always so interested in um you know the grind of the tour and stuff and he said i would be home for two months which is crazy um you know for me it, you think of a tour as sort of like a vacation i mean you're you're doing your thing you're you're playing music you're hanging out with your friends every night and and you're getting to visit all these places and getting paid for it but you know in the on the other side you're out on the road <laughs> you're not with your friends or your family and there's no familiar place to you and and so there's there's a bit of a storyline there that um you know you, you, it just sounds different um talking to people that are currently on tour as opposed to you know people who are in between tours or or maybe um you know no longer with a band um even uh, well, what's his name now is on tour too. By the way, Bozzy, Rare Futures. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they just did a little uh, East Coast run. Yeah. Uh, nice little like wrestling theme, and you know that's kind of funny that like two of the interviews we've had on have been incorporating the the wrestling scene as well because uh, you know Grayscale had that wrestling video, and now Fozzie's like the whole tour is revolved around like the the wrestling theme, so. Little crossover yeah. there, but I, I'm not, not bringing that up anymore. Cause no, <laughs> I, I always bust on my friends who are into rust wrestling, so I'm not gonna. Wrestling is um wrestling. Interesting. I love I loved wrestling growing up. Um, I thought it was fun. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that. I for a brief moment in my life, I was it was very much so. You know, appointment TV for me. Um, huge huge jeff hardy fan um i mean the amount of times that man broke my heart 
Because they like they always like he would be. Oh, all right, we're gonna go through it. They would do like a ladders match where they would hang the the belt from the top of the you know from the, whatever from the ceiling, and you had to climb the ladder to get it. And like it would always end up at the end of the match where there'd be like, everybody is dead on the floor. Jeff Hardy, all he has to do is climb to the top of this goddamn ladder and put his goddamn hands on the championship belt and just pull it down. And every single time he'd get to the top and he'd put his hand on the belt and then he'd stop and he'd look around and then he'd just do a backflip like off the fucking or swanton off the top of the fucking ladder and just kill himself and nobody wins and i just wanted him to win one time and i think he was a champion one once in a while but yeah growing up now i feel as though like people now are more obsessed with the craft of wrestling than they are the storyline and the entertainment which has become equally interesting um i really don't have time to get into it uh i, I think what they do is amazing and and, and all that i, I just you know i i just it it, it doesn't quite interest me um anymore i was more interested in the storylines when i was younger and now that i'm older i'm not too interested in that i, I feel like more people are talking about i don't know, they almost talk about wrestlers like prospects now it's getting it's getting to be too much i i think i know what you're talking about because uh like, people are like oh he, he he they put him over he was a heel on nxt or he's he's out in japan right now can't wait for him to get into the to get into the uh the wwe and you're like what the fuck do you mean he's honing his credit? It's it's a script. Like, is he good at doing a powerbomb? Yeah. Okay, move him on. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you look the part, they're doing all the story writing for them. I'm not saying that it's not impressive. It's just it's gotten to be too much for me personally. I get why people like it, you know? I mean, I'm equally as stupid with other sports. But, yeah, I just wrestling is is cool, but I just don't right now have time to get into it. That, Game of Thrones. There's a litany of things that I wish I had more time to do, man. I mean, I'm I'm racking in orders right now. So, so you're not into Game of Thrones? No. Oh my god, dude! But like this this week with hockey playoffs and Game of Thrones coming back, and then my spring break, like I can't even contain myself because Game, Game of Thrones is fantastic. It it's certainly certainly amazing um i just never got into it and then never found the time to get into it and i just the, the, i and forgive me i mean i'm about to get roasted but hot take alert game of thrones is beginning to become insufferable for people that don't watch it just I, yeah I, I i mean i just it's not i don't I, i'm just not into it i, I don't hate it I don't think people that watch it are losers. I don't have a problem with it. It's just just because I don't watch it doesn't mean that I hate it. And there's no reason why I'm going to oh, you have to, you have to, you have to. You fear, don't you have FOMO? There's so many more people I know that watched Game of Thrones because of FOMO than anything else. You know, so. Well, it took me like 10 years to finally watch The Wire and also like 10 years to watch Band of Brothers. So like, you know, in 10 years, I'll ask you if you watched it. Yeah, when it's all over. But yeah, I just don't. Um, I don't know. This, I'm not gonna lie. Like this, this break between the last season and this season has been so long that like my short term memory just like can't keep up with what even happened. Like I'm, I, I have to go back and watch the last few episodes because I have no freaking clue. 
yeah, it's just not, um, it's really not on my radar currently. Um, we'll, we'll find out if it ever is. Well, uh, what's on your radar musically? Yeah. As of late, I think <laughs> we started a podcast about how much music we listen to. And now I only listen to the music that's on our podcast. So that's starting to become difficult. I think right now we're listening to a lot of like whatever's going on at the tailgate outside of everybody that we've interviewed. Like I love Capstan. I, I, I love Grayscale. Um, I mean, now we've been bumping Ice Nine, which is which is again awesome, and um, we'll have Bless the Fall on next week, which is you know as I have I used to listen to them, uh, probably start listening to them a little bit more now that we've talked, um, but yeah, somebody new, um, Boston, uh, Boston Manor. Who is that? What's the name of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Boston Manor. I've, I've been hot and heavy on. Um, yeah, right now, like the the music that we list, we talk about here is really um, like at the tailgate. It's not really getting pumped. It's a lot of like good old pop techno songs and pump up heavy bass shit and and stuff like that. And I mean, dude. Okay, so here's something for you. Um, this has nothing to do with any of the music that we listen to, but I have been running through the album for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Did you see that? Did you see that 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 uh, movie? Obviously not with that reaction. <laughs> like the the cartoon Spider-Man that just came out. Yeah, it's not really. I mean, it's a cartoon, but it's not really a cartoon. It's like cool. It's like really cool animation. I haven't watched it. I've been meaning to watch it, but um, there's the one song that they started playing at the games. Um, Riot by Duckworth, which is, you know, I normally I try and find like two or three lyrics to string them together if I don't know a song, and then I'll Google it and I'll find it that way. So I finally <laughs> found a lyric during during the game, wrote it down, and then found that it was on that album. Started listening to that album. That album is amazing. That album makes me want to watch the movie, which I guess is its job to begin with. But um, yeah, it just it's that that it bumps if if you guys are looking for something a little bit outside of what we listen to there's a lot on there um mostly was it uh, wasn't dashboard on one of the spider-man soundtracks really <laughs> like the was it vindicated yeah, yeah, vindicated, yes vindicated is a, is a bop and a half but you're gonna say one of those spider-man there have been four like reparations of the spider-man character since that movie came out you live in such an awkward time in your brain i talk about it all the time like the early 2000s are the most forgotten about decade in the face of pl planet earth like and it's just such a weird like what will be taken from the early 2000s there's nothing i mean obviously you're gonna remember like toby mcguire and and um and uh nickelback chad kroger and his song Nickelback but, was on uh, that too. That was like the song of the of the first movie. It's like Chad Kroger, some sort of hero song. He was Nickelback guy. But yeah, that what a weird like time. You see, that's why I, again, like it's so funny to talk to you about things because you remember things that you probably think I should remember, but it, I'm because I'm younger than you. Like I was cognizant, but I wasn't really like I don't know. You, you're not. I wasn't really around for like the good stuff that was going on there. So. Yeah, I feel like movies haven't really put out soundtracks, or maybe they're just not on our my radar. Yeah, like that was like 
that's probably the only band I can remember have like having one of their songs on like a very popular movie. Vindicated is a hell of a hell of a tune. Um, but I'm a Dashboard fan. I went to see them in Charlotte a few years ago. It was cool. I love Dashboard. I think um, I, I I feel like Chris Carab is a cool dude, and he's from Florida, yeah, so maybe he's like a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, and we can get him on here somehow. That'd be huge. Um, there's a video of Neck Deep performing a pop punk medley at the um, what's the uh, the award show? The APMAs or whatever. APMAs, yeah. And um, they did like a pop punk melody where they did like Green Day, and then they had the guy from State Champs come out and sing part of it. And then they did um, like low and they had somebody from like whatever come out and sing with them and then the end they played their own song and they had chris caraba come out and oh yeah because he's on one of their songs he's on that song december yeah he came out and sang his part of the of that song and he he forgot all the words oh really? <laughs> oh man it's I gotta, bad i can't believe it's i gotta so- find that that's great i'll send it to you after uh, we'll post the link but he got on stage and sang like the first the first bar, and then after that, like he leans in, makes up a couple words, strings them together, and then leans back and makes it forget like if he forgets it's his point to sing. And then there's this like a long pause, and then uh, the lead singer from Neck Deep just like leans back in and starts singing his part, and then he's still waiting to get in on it, and then he jumps and is like, "Oh, okay, yeah." <laughs> it's like it's pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, 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 go check that out. And, uh, listen, man, I'd love to stay, but I got to go. Yeah, we got, we got stuff to do, man. I'm at HQ. I'm rolling in. I'm averaging about 30 orders a day right now. And I feel like Sisyphus, man. I just keep pushing the, the rock up the hill, and it just keeps rolling down to the bottom once I get to the top. So, and that's fine. I'll do that till, do that till we're eliminated. So. I know. I got to start a countdown till uh, the day we're reunited. I, hopefully, we uh, can get one more episode in before I make my trek back to New York. But uh, exciting times, and uh, hope you all liked our interview with Joe Acuti from Ice Nine Kills. Fucking awesome band, awesome fucking dude, and friends of Ma- Matt Fozzie. So it all makes sense. Like two awesome dudes. So big time, big time. All right, Michael. As always. Come meet me at the orange tent. I I will meet you at the orange tent in a few days. All right. All right. And peace be with you. And also with you.
keep